Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever. Greeny back and busier than ever. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests coming up in a moment on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. Mark Teixeira on an extraordinary and endlessly interesting night in Major League Baseball as the season comes to an end with controversy during the game and then even more after the game. And then we'll have Dan Graziano as the NFL trade deadline approaches. Deal was already made today. Will there be more? Lots to get to with both of those guys. But first, I have a couple of different pieces of very different breaking news. I told you I wanted to come back to radio because I wanted to cover breaking news. And today, I'm getting it in bunches. Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting the Philadelphia 76ers are in advanced talks on a deal to hire Daryl Morey to oversee their basketball operation. So what an offseason this could be for the Sixers putting a team together around Embiid and Simmons. Now they will have Maury in the front office and Doc Rivers as their coach. That should be fascinating. The other news, and this obviously is not good. We talked to Heather Dinich about it in the first hour of my show today, and that is that there will be no football game played this weekend between Wisconsin and Nebraska. Wisconsin has 12 positive tests, six players, six staff. Among the staff, head coach Paul Christ. The games that are postponed, well, let me, it's not the right word. The games that are not played as scheduled in the Big Ten, unlike other conferences, will be canceled, are canceled. That game now doesn't exist. It will not be played. They're only one week into their schedule. So we'll see if they can get that together. I love the Big Ten. I would love to see them play. Obviously, the self-safety and health of everybody involved is more important than anything else. So we'll see where it goes. But those are just a couple of the breaking news stories we have this afternoon on this day that brings us the enormous news from the baseball world last night. And here to cover all of it is my friend Mark Deshera on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Thanks for jumping in here, Tex. How are you? I'm great, Greeny. Thanks for having me. Well, I, I want to talk about the baseball part of the baseball because I get it. What happened with Justin Turner at the end of the game, it's more important than everything else. I understand that and it shouldn't have happened and it'll become a big deal and they'll deal with it. But let's talk about baseball for a moment because we had the classic baseball controversy. The pitcher goes and takes, excuse me, the manager goes and takes Blake Snell out last night while he is absolutely dealing. The moment it happened, what was your reaction to him taking out? Greeny, I literally screamed inside of the green room. I, I was sitting there with our baseball tonight team and Carl Ravitch and Tim Kirchin, and I'd started screaming, no, 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 you've got to be kidding me. Um, there are certain times where a pitcher starts losing steam. Um, you, you can tell when a pitcher's losing steam and, and uh, you know, needs to be taken out. Last night, after 73 pitches, was not that time for Blake Snell. So uh, I, I couldn't believe it. It obviously ended up not being the right decision, but I would have loved to see Blake Snell stay in that game for an inning or two longer. Yes, and so it seems would everyone else, and I get it. Now, you know my friend Hembo. You've worked with him a million times on Get Up and other places. He sent me the numbers. I'm going to read you the numbers. You tell me what I should do with these numbers. This season, including the playoffs, when facing the opposing batting order for the third time, Blake Snell's ERA was 10.13, and he allowed an OPS of 960. Those are the numbers. I can give you more. There are more that sound like that. On his, uh, starting on his 75th pitch this year, Opponents hit 349 
against Blake Snell this season with an OPS of 1,091, meaning when facing Snell after his 75th pitch, the average hitter in baseball became Lou Gehrig. Those are the numbers that Kevin Cash has in front of him when he walks out there to make the decision. Now, we all know it obviously didn't work, but if you have those numbers in front of you, are you not tempted to make the same decision he did? Greeny, that's a great point, and that, that'll be the debate until the end of time, until we stop playing baseball as a society. The debate will be, what do you see on the field, what's actually happening on the field, and what do the numbers say? There are certain times in a baseball game where you have to throw the numbers out, and I believe last night was one of those times. Now, Kevin Cash, if he would have left Blake Snell in and Blake Snell would have given up a couple more hits and, and, and you know, been out of the game and the Rays lose, he probably would have been crushed because he left him in too long. That's the crazy thing about baseball. But I just think there are certain times where you know, the eye test, the, the baseball that I'm seeing on the field is telling me that Blake Snell is throwing 97 to 98. He hadn't missed a spot all night. And for, for, for you to look at the numbers is basically saying, I trust the numbers. I trust what happened in the past more than what I'm trusting with my eye at this moment. And that'll be a debate for all time. And I'm just one of those guys that likes to see, you know, I, I want to see the game played out on the field because of, of what's been happening and, and what exactly Blake Snell can accomplish at that time. And I thought Blake Snell could have gotten a few more hitters and um, you know, maybe the game would have been different. The, the, the crazy thing here, Greeny, is even if the Rays would have won last night, they got to face Walker Bueller tonight, right? Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. if Blake Snell stays in the game, he could have given it up. So let's stop this narrative that, the, that Kevin Cash cost the Rays the game and the World Series. That, no. He made a questionable decision that didn't work out, and we're all going to hammer him until we get bored of talking about this. Which I'm fine with. Don't get me wrong. I'm more than happy to be hammering until everyone gets bored. But I'm just trying to pl- flip the conversation at least a little bit. Greeny and text with you presented by Progressive Insurance. He is on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. I'm going to throw a name at you and you tell me what's the first thought that enters your mind. The name is Grady Little. What do you and everyone else remember about Grady Little? We remember Pedro Martinez talking him into letting him stay out there. And of course, he's Pedro Martinez. You're going to leave him out there. And the next thing you know, the Red Sox season is over. It's a shambles around him. I remember a couple of years ago when Matt Harvey talked his way into a few more batters in Game 5 of the World Series that never got to a Game 6 for the Mets. So these things can go either way. All I'm saying is the manager has to make his decision without knowing the result. (laughs) Right. We play blackjack without knowing what the next card is going to be. So you, I understand the mentality of doing what the odds dictate and then you live with the result. That does make sense to me. Yeah. And, and, and Greeny, I think I think, again, we can have this conversation for a long time. I, I think what Grady Little did was was probably trust his player. Right. And I think in that situation, when Blake Snell is about to face bets, Corey Seager and Justin Turner, who were combined 0 for 6 with six strikeouts. I think he could have trusted his player rather than trusting the numbers. Um, the, the, the main issue here, Greeny, is, and this is what it all boils down to, that manager works for the front office. And the front office is run by, by and large in baseball today, a bunch of really smart guys that didn't play Major League Baseball and rely on numbers. So there will, always be, there will always be the two forces of 
my gut and what I'm seeing on the baseball field and the numbers. And when it works out, everybody's the smartest guy in the, in the room. And, wow, look at how good the Rays analytics team is. We've been saying it all postseason. Look how great the Rays analytics team is because they position you in the right place. And, you know, they're putting guys in the right position to succeed. The fact of the matter is the Dodgers were a better team. And, and you, can't, you can crunch numbers as much as you want. When you have better players lined up against the other team for seven games, the better team usually wins. That's exactly right. And there they were, the Rays, with a payroll that's in its entirety is about half the value of most of the Yankee players' house. Then, then you know, <laughs> they've done something right to get there. I mean, I have to, John Carlos Stanton's house costs more than the entire Rays' payroll. And, and yet they're, they're, they beat them in five games. So I'm going to give them a lot of credit. Now, here's the part of it that I do agree with that it makes the game less fun. There's no question it makes it less fun. What, make, what fun about baseball is watching those pitchers go deep into these games and becoming heroes and, and all the rest of that. So I asked this question to Buster Olney earlier, and I'll ask it to you here, Tex. What is a rule change they could make that would address this? Analytics are the best way to win. That, I think, is not even an opinion. It is an obvious statement of fact. So if you're going to take this stuff out of the game, you're going to have to legislate it out. What rule could they put in that would have made Blake Snell pitch deeper into that game last night? I don't think there is a rule. I, I, I think he stumped me here, Greeny, because I don't think there's a rule. I think what we're seeing in baseball, and we've, we've seen it over the past few years, it's gotten worse and worse. I think it started you know, towards the, the, the end of my career, maybe the last year or two, is that you know, pitch, starting pitchers are asked to get through the lineup twice. So they are going to throw the ball on the outside corner. They're going to throw dirty sliders and change-ups and split-fingered fastballs all day long. They don't want to throw the ball over the plate, knowing that, hey, if I have 70 to 100 pitches, I'm only going to get through the lineup twice anyway. And so we have three-and-a-half-hour games as a norm. Mm-hmm. This, this postseason, to me, I, you know, I hate to say it as someone that covers baseball and as a baseball fan, some of the games were painful to watch because of how long they were, because of how many pitchers are used. And the only rule that you could, that you could throw in there is you only got five pitchers to use all game. It, it is what it is. You're going to use five pitchers tonight, and it, it's a little bit like soccer. Like, there's only so many substitutions you can make in soccer, or um, I don't even know other, other sports that have a rule like that. But that yeah. would be the only way that – I put a picture out there and say, you better throw strikes, dude. I only, have, I only have five of you tonight. You better go out there and throw strikes. Keep this game moving. So I think that would be the only way. Yeah, that, that's it. It's some sort of limitation on that. And people will grumble and yell and scream about it. But the reality is, I think something like that would be a good thing. So, Texas, I let you go. And I appreciate you jumping in here. Um, how do we, now you and I were talking, it felt like pretty much daily on Get Up about the build-up to this season. Will they be able to play? What will the protocols be? Will they make it to the finish line? First, will they figure out a way to divide up the money? Then how will they get through all the testing? Then how are we going to overcome all these games being postponed? And now here we are. Now we do have a controversial finish with Justin Turner going out on that field last night. But the headline to me is... We got a champion crowned in baseball, and we got a really good postseason and a really good World Series. How would you sum up everything we've all seen over the last four months for your sport? I would say it's a minor miracle that we got it, we got it done, Greeny. I really do. I, I give baseball and the players a ton of credit. 
I think that the fact that the best team in baseball, the L.A. Dodgers, won the World Series is good for the game. The, the worst thing I think that could have happened with this expanded playoff format was some team that had a losing record. Look at the Astros. I'm not, just, I'm not pointing out the Astros, but they came close to making the World Series. If the Astros at 29-31, and 31, which obviously would not have made the playoffs during a regular season, they snuck in and got hot and won the World Series, I think baseball would be in a really bad spot and basically say this season was a sham. The fact that the Dodgers won, they were the best roster on, on February 15th or whenever they showed up to spring training the first time. They were the best team during the regular season. They were the best team during the playoffs. They're a deserving champion. Um, every fan of the L.A. Dodgers should feel great about the 32-year streak ending, and uh, I think baseball should be really proud that they got through this season. I feel the same way. I, I agree with everything you say. Tex, uh, you're the best. Thank you so much for what's been a really fun year. Try and get a little rest if you get a chance, and hopefully I'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Greeny. All right, that's Mark Deshera. Jumped in quick with me there, and I appreciate it. On the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas. Gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil, based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. And that brings us from Major League Baseball to the National Football League, where the trade deadline is now less than a week away. And our insider extraordinaire, Dan Graziano, jumps in here. And I have asked the, the fans today, Dan, I put a poll question up there. My poll question, we had it on TV this morning, and I have it on ESPN Radio with me right now, is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. And the question is, which team most desperately needs to make a trade before the deadline? Browns, Bears, Eagles, Patriots. Right now, I've got 24,000 votes, and it's pretty close. People are saying the Bears need to make a deal. 28% say Bears, 27% say Eagles, 24% say Patriots, 21% say Brown. So pretty good out there. Dan Graziano, what are we hearing about deals? I know there was one today. What's the very latest? Yeah, the Bengals sent uh, Carlos Dunlap, veteran defensive end, to Seattle uh, for an offensive lineman, B.J. Finney, and a draft pick. Uh, Dunlap wanted out, you know, he, he's been posting on social media, like uh, details of his apartment for sale in Cincinnati, reminding me of, uh, you know, when George Costanza drove the World Series trophy around in the parking lot, you know, <laughs> trying to get fired. That was yeah. what Dunlap's been doing the last week or so. So they gave him his wish. Um, you know, th- there was a, a, another trade, Cowboys traded Everson Griffin la- last night to the Lions. So it seems like, Teams are out there looking for help up front on defense, edge rushers, and you know, you're not going to get a premium guy at the trade deadline, but you can get somebody who might be able to help you. So there might be a couple of more of those. I mean, your poll is interesting because I think if you polled the people who are saying Bears, what do they need? I think they would say quarterback. But, I mean, you don't really see a quarterback get traded at the in-season trade deadline for the purpose of starting. I, I think uh, – uh, Carson Palmer to the Raiders a couple of years, uh, about eight years ago now, from the Bengals to the Raiders. And then four years ago, the Cowboys picked up Matt Castle because Tony Romo got hurt and Castle started. He was a mess. So uh, I don't know that the Bears are going to be able to find what they need. I think the Eagles are interesting because they need a lot and they might be poking around on offensive line help. Um, but yeah, big names. I don't know about big names. You know, A.J. Green in Cincinnati, I don't think they really want to move him. And he makes a lot of money, so a team taking him on in the final year of his contract would have a big um, big check to write. 
I guess the biggest name that's kind of out there is Stephon Gilmore for the Patriots, but I don't, you know, for every person you talk to who think that might happen, you can talk to two who think it won't. So I don't know how likely that is. Certainly the contract is, is um, movable. The acquiring team would get a bargain, but uh, I, I, I think the Patriots like him a lot. I'd be surprised if they did that. Yeah, for, for them to ship him off at this point would be an admission that yeah. not only are they not going to win something now, but that they're not anticipating getting back in it next year. Greeny Graziano is with me. A couple of things we touched on on TV this morning that I, I thought were fascinating. The Trevor Lawrence of it all, I think, is really interesting. And I'm not in any mood to tell anyone I told you so because this is something that I find enormously depressing. But I told you a month ago that kid was going to start talking about going back to school. And you had an interesting take and an interpretation of those comments this morning. T- tell everybody what it is you thought of when you heard him say that. Yeah, I don't think he's going back to school. And in fact, in his comments, he, he said his mind has been set on moving on. But, uh, you know, if you're going to be the number one pick, you're not going to have a lot of leverage. Remember, we talked about this last year with Joe Burrow. Would he want to go to Cincinnati and does he have a choice? But I think if you start talking like this, you're kind of laying the groundwork for maybe exerting some leverage. You know, the, the phrase I keep hearing people around the league, and it's all speculation, but, you know, would, would Trevor Lawrence pull an Eli Manning, right? You remember Eli kind of, he didn't want to be a charger, and they behind the scenes they finagled the trade that got him to the Giants uh, on draft day. So could something like that happen? Yeah, but I, I just think it's too soon to speculate. We don't even know who's going to be coaching the Jets next year, you know, if it's somebody Trevor Lawrence really likes. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think, but I think if you're, if you're in his position, you're not going to have much leverage. So maybe if you start putting these seeds down now, it kind of lays the groundwork for, you know, at least some people to know that uh, it might not be a done deal. But I don't, I don't know anybody thinks he's going back to school. What game do you have this weekend? Patriots Bills. They got me on the Patriots for the third week in a row. Uh, could be, could be the last one. I don't know. You know, if they lose this one, they are in deep trouble. But well, I, uh, I think this is yeah. Bill's last stand in some way. Not, not yeah. permanently. Don't get me wrong. It'd be ridiculous. But mm-hmm. for, for this season, I think if they fall to two and five, and they fall what would amount to three and a half games behind Buffalo, the division will basically be over. Their their season will basically be. Uh, I mean, it'll be written. The story of that, for the most part, yeah. will be written. I, I expect them to play very well this weekend, and I think if you've watched the Bills play the last three weeks, I think they look very, very vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, the Jets had them toe-to-toe until they stopped gaining yards in the second half, but uh, <laughs> I think, uh, look, the Bills' offense has not been what it was in September. Um, yeah, Obviously, you're going to go through ups and downs in a season. Should they be fine? Yeah, they probably will, but... The Patriots have been a real thorn in their side. I mean, like, the Patriots have beat them seven times in a row, and it goes beyond that. Belichick's record against Buffalo is ludicrous. Uh, so we'll see. It, it would be a statement game for the Bills and the, the ability to kind of shove the Patriots down to a place in the standings they might not be able to come back from, I'm sure, is very, very appealing to uh, Sean McDermott and Josh Allen and the whole crew up there in Buffalo. No question. Other, then they're – Really, their concern will be the rookie, Tua, in Miami. And, and, and if they can hold him off, That's right. they can win the division. Graziano, it was a good week with you, as always. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you later. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Graziano is in studio with me a couple of days a week, every week. And we have a lot of fun. Yesterday, we got to eat pancakes uh, on the set. And I started to laugh at one point, and, and Dan was sitting right next to me. Uh, Dominique Foxworth, when we were talking about Buffalo, was talking about how the Jets played so well in their game against them. And I had to say, 
You do realize, Dominique, that the Jets had four yards of offense in the second half, and yet that game constituted a step in the right direction. So there's a little football for you. There's a bunch of baseball for you. There's a lot going on on this day. And I will remind you that for a chance to win ten grand plus a virtual meet and greet with the Dan Lebetard Show gang, text Lebetard to 77333. Advance your auto at Advance Auto Parts. Limit one entry per day. See AdvanceAutoParts.com for details. So I have done a lot of talking through an hour and 20 minutes. Now it's your turn. My number is 888-SAY-ESPN. We'll do what's on your mind. I want to hear your questions on this day in the world of sports. When the World Series has come to an end, the NFL's in a great spot. Let's hear your questions. What's on your mind? 888-SAY-ESPN. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny back with you at half past the hour and delighted you are here coming to your phone calls in just a moment. But first, I'll repeat the words I used to open this show. They are the last words you expected to hear. They're the last words you want to hear, but they are the truth. The manager last night did the right thing. Baseball has become a game in which they just take into account the probability the same way you should play blackjack. And in blackjack, you don't win 100% of the time. That's the reason they have those big buildings in Las Vegas. But when you're the manager of a Major League Baseball team and you have managed the Tampa Bay Rays, as I continue to say, with a total payroll which is worth about the amount of the value of Giancarlo Stanton's house, you get that team to Game 6 of the World Series Because you know what you're doing. Because you manage the way the game is currently played. Do I miss the way it used to be played? Of course. Let me tell you a quick story. The first baseball game I ever covered, the first Major League Baseball game I ever got paid to cover was the Windy City Classic in which the Cubs played the White Sox. In those days, before there was interleague play, 
in at least in New York and in Chicago, the two local teams would play each other. When I was a kid in New York, the Yankees would play the Mets. They called it the Mayor's Trophy game. And then when I was in Chicago, they played the Windy City Classic. Those, the, the Cubs would play the White Sox. It was an exhibition. It didn't count, but it took place in the middle of the season. Michael Jordan, by the way, one year played in that game when he was on the White Sox. But that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is the manager of the Cubs was Don Zimmer. And Don Zimmer was someone I had always liked. And the first game I ever get to cover, I go down to that little tiny cramped clubhouse in, at Wrigley Field before they refurbished the, uh, the, the, the clubhouses there. And so I'm wedged into Zimmer's office with a ton of other reporters around me. I'm just a kid. And I remember someone asked him a question about managing by the book. And Don Zimmer said, I don't manage by the book. I've never read the book. Do I miss that? Hell yes. Of course I miss it. Who wouldn't? There needs to be a little art along with the science, but there isn't. That's not what Major League Baseball is. And if you want to change that, then you're going to need to change the rules. You're going to need to legislate that change because the reason everyone does it is because it works. They're not doing it because they're trying to take all the fun out of it. They're not trying to wring all of the life from it. They are trying to win games best they can. So the manager did the right thing, even though it was the wrong result. Is it less fun to watch? Absolutely. Is that the fault of Kevin Cash? No, it's not. So they're going to need to change the rules if they want to change that. But at the end of the day, practically every manager, I can't sit here and say every, but practically every manager in the game would have done exactly what he did last night. And it's as simple as that. All right, Greeny with you, and I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save in as little as three minutes at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. All right, I've done a lot of talking. Now it's your turn to do some talking. The question is, what's on your mind? And the first answer comes from Nick, who's on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Nick, what's on your mind? Hey, Greeny. So I get that the Dodgers and the Lakers, respectively, were the best teams even going into the season. But given the fact with everything that 2020 has been thrown out there and these are shortened seasons and everything that came along with it, any asterisk next to those at all? Because God only knows what could have happened if they played a full season for both. Yes, there is an asterisk next to both. These are more meaningful championships than usual. The asterisk is in the positive direction. To have overcome what these guys overcame, I'm not going to take anything away from them. Under no circumstances am I going to diminish either of these titles or any of them that are won during the pandemic. I think it's bordering on miraculous that all these leagues have gotten to where they are. I'm in awe of them. I sit here and talk for a living. These guys have put on multi-billion dollar operations and they've managed to get it to the finish line. It's a miracle. So I take nothing away from LeBron's championship. It counts every bit as much, if not more, than the others. And I take nothing away from Clayton Kershaw finally winning a World Series. It counts every bit as much, if not more, than the others. So I understand the question, and I appreciate the idea. But in my opinion, if there's an asterisk, it's because these championships are more special, not less. Dr. Pepper, call in line. Jake, you're next. Jake, what's on your mind? Hey, Greeny, an honor to talk to you. So I think that the baseball season has stumbled into a really good idea on how to do the wild card round, looking at some of the play-in game ways that they did with the NBA. What do you think of this? In each league, you play a five-game series, but for each, each seed you're ahead of the other seed, you get a game up. So 4-5, five, classic five-game series, 3-6, the three starts up 1-0, oh, 
two seven, the two starts up two zero, and the one gets a buy. You go back to having the one seed getting a buy, like they have in the NFL. You have waiting in the first round based on the seed, so the season still means something. You still get the wild card frenzy. What do you think of that? I I think I followed everything that you're saying, and generally now thirty five thousand feet. I like the idea. Once we sort of dive into the details, we're going to have to pick it apart a little bit because. I don't think there's any team in baseball that will tell you that what they want to earn is a week off before the playoffs start while everyone else is playing. They're not going to want that. They're going to sit. They're going to get cold. That's not, that's not actually an advantage. If there is a series, I, I was trying to follow everything you said. If there is a series that could go five games, then you're not going to want the, the one seed is not going to want to sit around and wait for a week. So do I like the idea of playing with the playoff structure in such a way that more teams get in again? Yes, I do. I liked it. And do I think that you should give greater benefit to the teams that have superior regular seasons? Yes, I do. You could play all the games in the home ballpark of one if you want to. You want to wait the series so that someone's already ahead one game to none? I can live with that. We've got to figure out the details. I guess what I'm trying to say is, Jake, generally speaking, I like the idea. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Matt, you're next on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Matt, what's on your mind? Hey, Greeny. Thanks for taking my call as always. I'm the Eagles fan in, uh, that lives in Texas. Yes. So two things. One, I'm a knife and fork guy. Totally agree with you. Much cleaner and easier to eat. Yes. Um, second thing, do you think that Doug Peterson gets his coaching plans from BenNFLCoaching.com? I mean, <laughs> here we are, fourth and goal again. You're doing a quarterback draw with a quarterback who hasn't made it through a season healthy in his last three seasons. Yeah. Then you try another sneak uh, for the two-point conversion. I think that's just bad coaching. You got Jalen Hurts. It almost seems like he wants Carson to get hurt just so he can put Jalen in. Matt, you made me laugh. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Yes, that was curious. <clears throat> um, I think that said, yes, correct. There are a lot of reasons to question Peterson. That said, he is the coach in that division I trust by far. The mo- well, I love Ron Rivera. I shouldn't say it that way. But I certainly trust him more than I trust what's going on in Dallas, which I think we all figured to be the big competitor they have i think the eagles win this weekend and i think the eagles run away with the division so we'll see what happens with doug peterson and yes they have they have done some things there that you can question easily but at the end of the day they have wentz back playing well again like wentz the last couple of weeks has looked like wentz again and i think the idea of getting jalen hurts in there to play some games starts to feel a little farther away but most importantly matt you made me laugh i got time for one more c rod you're on with greeny c rod what's on your mind Greeny, hey man, big fan, listener from day one. Thank you. Uh, um, I'm a big golf guy, as I know you are, and I got to give you credit for it because you created it when you were talking about the the goat in the boat, yeah. uh, as far as Rogers, and that's that's really what I think about uh, Tiger and Jack. Is that is that how you would see them, or do you think Tigers? Well, see, to me, Tiger and Jack are are similar. I I think, I think you've got like, to me, well, okay. I see what you're saying. So, so Jack won more majors, but Tiger in his, at his best was the best player of all time. So you'd make him the boat and you would make uh, Jack the goat. Okay. I can live with that. I like it. I mean, to me, Tiger could be both. Um, His total wins are off the charts. Um, I mean, to me, Jack Nicholas is the greatest player of all time, and Tiger is second. And if Tiger were to catch, if, if, I think if Tiger were to win one or two more majors, then in my mind, I might put him ahead of Jack. I wouldn't say that to Jack. <laughs> so even at Jack's age of 80, I think he, he might very well just beat me up. 
uh, because that's that's just how he is, and that's why he got to be the greatest player of all time. Thank you for the call. That's what's on your mind. Brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. Busy and fun day we have working here. Coming up, I'll tell you what yesterday's big news really meant. That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after its time. The genius you said? Your genius! He's genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. Brilliant! That's right, Sir Charles. Charles Barkley knows. Mine is that rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after my time. And so I see it all. I see all of you tweeting at me using hashtag greeny. Greeny with a Y. Telling me I'm crazy, I'm annoying, I'm making you nuts by telling you that the manager of the Rays was right last night and you're wrong. Again, I won't be fully appreciated until after my time. But I'll tell you something else. I'll tell you something that gives you full proof of my genius. And that is that I see things coming long before they happen. I insist we talk about this Trevor Lawrence situation. And Greeny Insists is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. If you watch Get Up, if you were listening one morning to KJZ here on ESPN Radio, I told you that the way things were going with one particular NFL team, don't be surprised when you start to hear Trevor Lawrence talk about going back to college for another year. Doesn't mean he's going to do it. It just means he's going to say it. Now, maybe he will go back and do it. I don't expect him to. But I told you he was going to say it. And I told you he's going to, at minimum, pull an Eli. He's going to engineer his way out of playing for a franchise that he doesn't want to play for and no one in their right mind would. And you know what? He should be able to do that. Let's not make this a Jet-centric conversation because I'm sick to death of talking about them. But here's what I will say. That at a time when there is a rookie salary cap in the NFL, I really don't think it's unreasonable for these young people who have worked their entire lives for this opportunity to want to have some say in how it goes. Football is the most interdependent sport by far. If you're a great basketball player, it doesn't make any difference which team drafts you. You're going to show everyone you're a great basketball player. Anthony Davis was on a team in New Orleans that never won anything, and he made $200 million doing it. Baseball, if you're a great baseball player, it's the most individual of all the team sports, obviously doesn't make any difference what organization drafts you. You're going to show everyone just how good you are. And when you get to arbitration, you're going to become, make yourself a fortune. Football, your career can absolutely be ruined by the circumstances into which you are drafted. 
And that's why Archie Manning wasn't going to let Eli Manning go to the San Diego Chargers once upon a time because he didn't like the way they ran their organization. Now, it turned out just fine for Philip Rivers. He made a fortune of money and won a bunch of games, not as many as Eli did in New York, but it turned out fine. But I have no problem with them trying to engineer something like that. And the reality is, at a time when in the National Football League now, you have a a salary cap on these rookies, you get drafted in the wrong place, you may never realize your potential. Just look at some of the quarterbacks, look at some of the young quarterbacks and the situations they were drafted into, and you tell me how they're feeling about that and what their next deals are going to look like, and everything else. So I don't have a problem with it myself. That's a, if that's what Trevor Lawrence is doing, and I believe it is, I, I, for one, don't have an issue with it, regardless of what team I root for. Greeny with you. You can download the DraftKings app and use code Greeny to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Let's finish it by putting a ribbon on a baseball season unlike any in the history of the sport. The Dodgers finish with the second highest winning percentage of any World Series champion ever. Of course, they played about half the number of games. The greatest World Series winning percentage in history belonged to the 1927 New York Yankees, I guess the most famous baseball team of all time, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. But the Dodgers are a worthy champion in every way. Let no one take that away from them based upon the circumstances of the season. And good for Clayton Kershaw. Did you see that moment that the Fox cameras went to him at the end of that game? He's in the bullpen. He sees the last out being recorded. He sees the strikeout by Urias. And for a brief moment, and I've seen this before, for a brief moment, the look on his face was one of pure relief. The celebration, the joy came moments later. As he was running in, they had a great camera that stayed on him the whole way. And as he was running, you could see the joy starting to overtake him. But his initial reaction was one of relief. And I can tell you what that reminds me of. When I was covering Jordan back in the day, Michael Jordan's first championship, by now you've all seen it. He was crying and holding the trophy with his father seated next to him. This fourth championship, when he came back, He fell to the ground crying because it was Father's Day and it was his first championship since his father had been murdered. All the others, all the other celebrations were celebrations of relief. When you're expected to win, when the expectations are what they are, you don't really feel the same sense of joy. You feel a sense of relief. I needed to do this. And I believe that's where Clayton Kershaw was in that instant. I believe that instant, his first reaction was not, we're champions, isn't this great? His reaction was, I'm a champion. Thank goodness this happened. And it validates so much. It changes the narrative. He pitched great this postseason, and the conversation can be about his place in the history of the sport. And we'll never have to look at him and say, but yeah, he didn't get it done, and his team never won a championship. So good for him, and congratulations to the Dodgers. And congratulations to everyone at Major League Baseball for getting to a finish line that was definitely never guaranteed. And it was a lot of fun to watch. I'm glad you were here today. I'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Greeny, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.